Plant Nation. Come on. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> I like it. I, I hope I didn't use I I feel like I may be repeating words, but maybe not. And if I am, whatever. You'd never used Nation before. Good. I challenge people to go back through every episode and figure out which ones we've repeated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm Chris. Hello. And this is Fancy Plants Podcast, episode 32. Here with Sue. Hello. And Amanda. Hello. Ladies, it is the end of March. Things are looking up weather-wise, and the snow is going away, and the allergies are strong. Allergies are (laughs) very strong. strong. That's true. (laughs) I think that maybe a lot of people in the world don't know about snow mold, and so what happens in places that have a lot of snow, when the snow melts, it kind of leaves this webby grossness. Yeah. And, yeah. and people are very allergic to it. Very. Yeah. Half the I'm population is walking around, sniffling, can't see through their eyes. Everybody's all puffy and red. That's fun in COVID times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All those allergy like commercials. You, yeah. You feel like you have to yell out at people. I just have allergies. It's yeah. just I allergies. I swear. Yeah. That's my mom, like my mantra. And it's then uh, all of a sudden you have a break from that. And then the poplar fluff comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have seasonal allergies, but I'm not. Entirely sure, entirely sure what to because they happen at not the same time every year. Although I do know that there is something that pollinates. I think it's probably like do pine trees pollinate? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's what what it is. I was in I was vacationing with uh, my parents and my family in Tumblr Ridge, British Columbia, and there's no hospital there. Like it's this very small town, very out of the way, and something pollinated overnight, and I thought. I was going to stop breathing. It oh, was yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day you get up and you go outside and you take your finger and you wipe it along a smooth surface and it's just yellow. It's just pollen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's pine trees. I actually have a ridiculous amount of seasonal allergies for somebody who works in greenhouses. But and you'll find that you get used to the stuff in your area. And if I'm working in a greenhouse, I, I'm all right because things come on gradually. If I'm not working in a greenhouse and I walk into it, I'm like, oh my God, it's Scooby. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> that is the best voice I've ever heard. That is what it's like, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your <laughs> eyes are all puffy and swollen shut. You're like, it's so much snot. Where did it come from? <laughs> Don't touch your eyes. So what have you ladies been up to? Oh, not a whole, whole lot that's exciting anyway. You've been having those deck drinks yet? Yeah. Having deck drinks. Nice. Sun's out. Having certain to, to plant things in my greenhouse, trying it out. Trying it out. That's exciting. Yeah. We're at that crazy time of year at work where it's like, I need heat at night. I need all the heat. And then, you know, the sun comes up during the day and you're like, no, too much heat. Cool, <laughs> cool. Too much heat. Yeah. You can't unroll the windows in your greenhouse. Uh, Well, eventually I'll be able to roll up the sides, but it's still yeah. not quite it's there. It's there no. yet. Just like when we, I think you said it last episode. Instead of turning on the air conditioning, we rolled on the windows in our car. Yeah, pretty much. But in the morning, you've used the heater. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And the seat heater. And yeah. 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 Switch from the uh, seat heater to the air conditioned seat. And air conditioned seats are weird. Have 
I don't know if you guys. Have they used feel like you peed yourself. They're yeah. terrible. You kind of I feel like didn't like them until I did like them. But you have them too. I have them too. Yeah. And yeah, it feels kind of like it kind of feels like you sat in someone else's pee because <laughs> it's, it's cold. cold. <laughs> like pee, if you peed your pants, it's kind of a warm rush. Then gets cool. Nope, this is just cold. But it is great when we have our summers. Um, you can turn that on, and then because I have leather seats, um, your your skin where you're wearing shorts doesn't uh, stick to the leather. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I still don't like them. Yeah, I, uh, you get used to them. Oh, you do. Okay. And, oh, you okay. appre- and you appreciate them. Yeah. I didn't like them at first. I was like, I'll never use that feature. Guess what? <laughs> All over it now. I love it almost as much as I love my heated seats. <laughs> this is that time of year, too, where you end up with collections of jackets in weird places because you yeah. leave the house in the morning bundled up. And then at the end of the day, you're like, don't need to wear this. Don't. And unless you actually you end up with like a collection of jackets in your car. Or at your office, or and then you just never randomly. find your jacket. Oh yeah, you've gone through <laughs> yeah, every jacket in the a, closet. All of a sudden, the sun goes down. You're like, I need my jacket. Where did my jacket go? I need my jacket because as soon as the sun goes down, which is nice and late now, um, it gets cold. It gets cold. That sun hits the tree line and brr. Yeah. Or you have. I find what will happen to me is I'll have something important in the pocket of my jacket and then I can't find my jacket and then I don't bring it and then I'm missing that important thing and it's like oh oh yeah it's usually something you know that I can easily do without like house keys wallet cell phone yeah I was gonna say bank card bank card's another good one driver's license for me it's my favorite mask oh yeah yeah, I'm very particular about my masks now. Yeah, so am I. It's, it's yeah. a thing that I never thought I would ever say, but I am very fussy about I, my mask. Yeah. I have like masks in my car just in case you ever forget them. But I'm always, if that happens to me, I'm just like, crappy mask now. I don't want to wear the crappy mask. Right? I'm like, do I really need to stop here? Can I go home? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a sad thing. It's become our favorite mask. And, see, and that you have a favorite mask. Right? And you're like me now, where it's like you, you've got a 20-minute drive outside of the city in order to go back and get your favorite mask. It's not like I can go around the block and get no. it. Exactly. And you can buy one that you think looks like your favorite mask. It's not. No. Nope, definitely not. It hasn't been broken in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. Some of them are smelly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and... I've learned from work, watch what you eat for lunch because <laughs> you might be, they'll, you'll make it smelly and then you have to smell it all day long. Oh, we had a staff meeting at work the other day right after lunch and I had tacos for lunch. I had, re- <laughs> I had regret. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, this stinks. Butter chicken was another one. I wore, I ate that, left, took leftover butter chicken for lunch and then I was like all afternoon. I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I made a critical error in my truck. I opened a new air freshener. I just kind of stuffed it in the center console and that's where I threw my mask. Oh. I, like in between stores. So I get out and I throw on my mask and I'm like, oh, pine tree <laughs> overload. <laughs> I'll tell you a little tip. <laughs> in my purse. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Chris is going to cry. In my purse pocket where I keep my mask, I also keep my breath savers. I always have breath savers on me. And uh, Oh, you have minty freshness in your mask. I like it. It kind of makes it feel like it's fresh air. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my little tip is um, put your mask where you have your breath mints. Not where you have your car air freshener because that's a smell you can taste. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Oh boy, that went somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different Uh, podcast. But you know what? That's spring fever for us, friends. It is, uh, I know we talked about it last episode and it's still happening because we're almost there. (sighs) Another month to go. Just a little bit longer. We will be, and we did have the first day of spring actually previous to our other episode. Um, So those days are just. Yeah. Getting longer. Pretty awesome. Getting longer, getting longer. The end is in sight. We yeah. will survive. But then exactly. what happens is June 21st rolls along. That's our summer solstice. Stop. Stop right now. That's oh, a depressing day. Now I have to tell everybody it's the longest day of the year. And after that happens, it's funny how fast the shortest day comes. Oh. Mm. I always feel like I would go camping in August and I would always feel like, why is the day so short? And it actually took me about 42 years to realize that solstice is so early and it feels like naturally like it feels like it should be so late in the summer but it's not yeah oh yeah and it seems like august 1st you're like oh no it's coming yeah Yeah, wait did it just get dark at 10 o'clock at night not midnight the impending doom is there yeah and it it, it's kind of sad so anyway enjoy what you can take away from that is enjoy the sunlight and the daylight when you get it because sometimes nighttime can be long (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, the greenhouses smell so good this time of year. Mm-hmm. Get in there in the nice warm morning sunshine, big stretch. It smells like, you know, you're in a big forest on the coast. Oh, man, is it good? Yeah, that would be awesome. I just wanted to give people the idea of how long that day is. And do you think I can find that information in a quick manner? Like, just give it to me. Um, a, If you can find our shortest day, uh, we're located exactly where our longest day and our shortest day are the exact same in reverse. And I think it's uh, something like six hours of darkness versus six, six hours, hours of, of daylight. Yeah. Yeah. We have seven hours of light in December because that's clearly what Google wants to give me. So yeah, essentially what I'm trying to say is we have a lot of light on those days and yeah. it's like almost to the point where it'll kind of blow your mind a little bit because <laughs> it never, it doesn't really get dark. Yeah, we have days where you can see like pink in the horizon from the sun in one direction and in the other direction at the same time, kind of like as the sun's coming up, we get it. And then as the sun's going down, you kind of get it. And you can almost have those like balanced in the day. It's so it's they're long. It doesn't really we have like a few a week maybe where it doesn't you don't see that black line unless it's really cloudy. Okay, so here we go. Grand Prairie, longest day of the year, 17 hours and eight minutes of daylight. Nice. Shortest day of the year, six hours and 51 minutes of daylight. Yeah. And that is not including the sunset and the sunrise. Yeah. That's just being able to see outside. Yeah. That is full sun. Sun is up. I remember being a kid and just being so mad about going to bed when it was so, it was like light outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I remember, okay, memory time. I went to, <laughs> uh, I went to Disney World with a friend of mine. She was at a conference. And I remember the sun going down at like seven. And I was like, that's so weird. Cause it was at a time when at home it would have been light until like 10 o'clock at night. Oh, yeah. yeah. That happened to me when I went to Vegas. I w- we got off the plane. We got dressed. We got out. We went for a walk and it was like daylight. We went into some place and looked around. I think a liquor store. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Classy came out and I'm like, where the sun? How did it? It's only seven. Fast too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's only seven and it's dark. Like it was dark. 
And the sun here is always in different places in the sky. So in February, I get a ton of annoying sun in my office at my um, professional office. But in the summertime, I don't get the sunlight directly in there at all. And the windows face south and there's a lot of them. So it gets super hot. So I'm always thankful when the sun's higher because it's not so bright in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's not directly in your eyes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. When like earlier in the year, there's days where the sun actually doesn't get high enough that I can see it over top of the greenhouses at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Northern Alberta living, friends. Oh, I'm terrible, too. In the summer, I'm like, I know I have a burnt out headlight, but I'm not going to need to use those for at least four months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. That's so true. You should check your headlights on all the time. I'm just Did safety my, sue. Safety sue is telling you. My running lights were just fine. But <laughs> if I actually have a burnt out headlight bulb, oh. I'm like, I'm not turning on my headlights for how many months? It's fine. Yeah, my right. husband always reads me the riot act over that one. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know what it is about modern cars, but it's really hard to change those now. Yeah, it is. I, I know how to open the hood. <laughs> Excellent work. That is the extent of my, uh, I, I bat my eyelashes at, at Hubby Dearest. And he's like, your headlights aren't bright enough. We're just going to change those. I mean, you fill your boots, babe. Thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, that is just some insights into, I guess, our part of the world. Um, we live in a really cool place, actually. I think it's really we do. Be- it's yeah. beautiful and it's unique. And it is, uh, I think that the people here are pretty resilient based on <laughs> some of those uh, weather items and other things. So, yeah, it's, it's a cool place to live. You should definitely come check it out. It's beautiful. And you can go to Jasper after that. So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about plants you want to propagate. Because some plants you can propagate and some plants you probably can't, right? Well, I imagine everything is propagated somehow. I just don't know that I necessarily have the ability to do that in my home. So or the patients. What couldn't you propagate? Last episode, we talked about like fruit trees. Can you propagate a pepper plant? Absolutely. You know, I imagine that the cloning would be similar to that of uh, cannabis. You I could- don't know what that is. No, wait, I know what cannabis is. <laughs> Pardon? I don't know how to propagate cannabis. <laughs> okay, apparently we are going to kill when it's, Chris with laughter in this when it's, uh When it's a cannabis, it's not considered propagate, it's considered cloning. Okay, so yeah. what does that mean? Well, and cloning is propagating. So yeah. uh, you take a cut off of your mother plant and you make a genetically identical clone. Yeah. Okay, but you need to have a node. Okay, thank you. Yes. So you need to have a node. So a node's like a little nubby. Um, and then, yeah, you stick it in whatever kind of medium you want to use to propagate, and then it grows. And then, yeah, it's ge- genetically. It's not doesn't mean it's going to look exactly like that plant. It just means it's got the exact same, like, genetics as that plant. So it should look similar as far as, like, leaf colors and... They're twinsies. Yeah. The twinsies. Can you do that in water or does it have to be in growing medium? You can do it in water. Yeah, essentially when you take a cut off your pothos and root that, you're cloning. Oh, or you're, it's just or a fancy name. I yeah. didn't realize that was what it, like, I always saw people posting and saying like, I have a clone of my cannabis explant. And I'm always like, what does it mean? But it's, it's just a fancy way of saying I cut some crap off my plant. Do you want it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I broke this piece and now I'm going to sell it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that is exactly the fancy term for it. Yeah. But there's some things that are harder, like a cactus to to propagate. You have to have a lot of patience. You have to you can't just like pick up that cactus that you cut off, like one of the little arms or anything that's coming off and then stick it in water and it'll root. You, you got to let it dry and callous a little bit on the uh, end. For anybody then, who can't see Sue, she is hand talking and she's got a really great little cactus gesture over there. <laughs> yeah. So cactus. Sue, why don't you why don't you walk us through propagating a cactus? So when you get babies on it, sometimes like if they grow babies from the bottom, it's easier, but most cactuses you you don't. Um they grow the little arms out on them, paddles, if it's like a flatter pack cactus, you can call them paddles, arms. I don't know the technical terms. And you cut that off. Or let's say you had like a tall cactus. This actually happened to me when I moved. I have like a tall San Pedro cactus. And somehow the top of it broke off. So I let that sit on the counter for like a week. I don't think you need to necessarily go a week. I think three days probably is enough, but a week. And then you're going to put that in soil, like your cactus soil. And you're going to mist it. You don't, you kind of for the first couple of days when you put it in, you want to keep the soil a little bit more moist than you would the rest of the time. But then you just kind of mist it so you don't overwater it and it'll start to grow roots. And then what happens is the cactus won't grow where you cut it, but it'll grow more arms. So when you say mist it, do you mean the growing medium? Yeah. The yeah medium. You don't mean the cactus itself. Well, I mean, it gets in there. So I guess you can do the cactus a little gotcha. bit itself, but it's, but not- it's the medium. You just want to get the top of the soil a little bit. You want to kind of have that, that just the very fine top layer, a little bit moist. Okay. But it doesn't make a difference if you do the cactus. No. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. Because yeah. Because it'd be too hard to protect the it cactus wouldn't, itself. Like, it doesn't absorb water that way. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're a little, like, you have to have patience. They're a little bit harder. Um, it takes a, sometimes forever to root. Um, what do you want to propagate? What do you want to try? What do I want to try? I don't. Do you have one you want to try, Amanda? You know what? There's a few on my list. I, I really want to, tr- like I mentioned last episode, I really want to try growing mushrooms. You know, you can get the mushroom growing kits. I really want to give that a shot. I will probably only ever do it once. Um, Is that propagating, though? Well, whatever. There are, uh, I still want to try it. Yeah. You know, it's still a plant that I want to try. <laughs> and I think it'd be fun and educational. Um, oh, yeah. Probably. There's a lot of um, really great, uh, like, violet and genariad species that you apparently can easily propagate from leaf company. What's a genariad? It's a type of plant. But, like, what does it look like? Um, uh, violets are uh, members of that family. Okay. Uh, Episca, so chocolate soldiers, are in that family as well. Uh, lots of fuzzy leaves. So not a plant family that Sue is a big fan of. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say that. But if she gives me a pot of spider plant babies, she is getting all the fuzzy plants there you go. in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the Fuzzy Plant Club subscription for life. Absolutely. And if they happen to magically die, I'm going to make her more. There you go. Oh, wow. A special. Then I guess I'll just have to give you more spider plant babies. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. This is not a war we want to get into. And I just, I just wanted to specify that because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who wouldn't know what that oh yeah Yeah. and like um uh flame violets and there's just some really wild flowers um a lot of people have a local like african violet and genariad like groups okay 
And unfortunately, I don't know a lot of the names, but they're such interesting uh, plants. It sounds like plants for old people. They are. (laughs) (laughs) Generiad. Yeah, and they are. They're they're really um, odd, traditional looking tabletop plants. So you'd see them at your grandma's house? Some of them, yeah. I think I must be spelling it wrong because I'm trying to like get a picture, but yeah, that's not working out for me. But that's all right. Um, so Sue, did you think of anything that you wanted to propagate? Oh, I, you know, I actually wouldn't mind trying to propagate a ZZ plant because I tried once before and it, it just turned to mush. It rotted before it propagated. And then I see other posts where people are like, oh, I did it. So now I'm kind of like, no, I have to be able to do it. If you can do it, I can do it. So did you try to do it in water and are they doing it in water or how is... Yeah, I tried to do it in water and then I've seen a couple of posts where they did it in water and I'm like, but mine just turned to mush. Like it, I don't know what I did wrong. So I wouldn't mind trying that again. I wouldn't mind trying that again. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'd like to propagate that I haven't. Okay, well, you keep thinking. I have one. Oh, which one? <sighs> and I've talked to you guys about it before. I think I show it to Amanda every time she comes over and I'm like, where do I cut this? Oh, and she yes. tells me every single time. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I smile and nod and then I have a fear about it. So it is a Hoya Optimistic and it I actually didn't notice that it had nodes on it until last night, last time you were here, Amanda, and you were mm-hmm. like, what did you call them? An advantageous? Okay, so Hoyas are advent- advantageous rooters, meaning that they do not need a node in order to form roots. So an advantageous rooter will produce roots anywhere along a stem, which means that it's actually much easier to take cuttings from. They're way more forgiving. So quite often you will find, you know, that they're putting out roots anywhere. Anything that produces a lot of aerial roots, uh, rickrack cactuses, um, lots of ripsalis, uh, hoyas, they're advantageous rooters. Okay. And the reason why, thank you. And the reason why I'm afraid to cut it is because I really, really love this plant mm-hmm. and I want to have more of it, but I, I have been better at, um, chopping up plants and making babies out of them. But this one is so special to me and I'm just terrified. I did, however, and I know this is not something that I want to do because I already did it, but a skindapsis, um, I'm not even sure which one it is. It's got the bigger leaf maybe you guys remember what it is it's like, it's like a exotica exotica sure. we'll go with I, that. Like I think that. it's a, the exotica yeah it's like if it's not that it's very similar so i think i think you're right sue um so i made like 10 babies out of that it was great absolutely yeah, yeah. i love them yeah i like it and i found like i have kevin who is from the same family he's just the smaller leaves he's like the arius or whatever satin pothos is his common common name I find him hard to root. Like, I find what works best is I wrap the ends in a little bit of a damp paper towel, throw it in a baggie, and throw it in somewhere warm, and forget about it for a while. And then all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, oh, look at it, it has roots. When I'm due, but I don't propagate my plants as, that often, which I think is kind of weird. A lot of people do, but I like my plants to be big and whole. And I, I don't know. Every you know once there's while, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, every once no. in a while, I'm like, okay, I'll clip or. I'll break a piece off moving them or something. And then I'm like, here, but I'm not a huge propagator. I think it's fun and interesting and I like seeing roots, but I just don't cut my plants to propagate very often. Yeah. Uh, Streptocarpus. There's, there's um example for you. There's the, they're the ultimate old lady plant. Yeah. I don't know what that is. 
Uh, you take a Google there. It's I don't know how to spell that. Oh man, you're gonna make me look it up for you. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it looks Cape Primrose. Yeah, that that's the... one of the names for them. Yep. Inside or outside plant? Or inside. Both? Inside. Well, I think everything can be an outside plant somewhere. I suppose that's yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It did come from outside at some point. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They're like, there's very, um, the looks like the flowers vary quite a lot. Oh, yeah. And you could kind of get any style that you like. Some of them are pretty. And actually, even the number of petals or how they the petals are. Looks like they are unique as well to different versions. So I could see somebody having a major um, collecting. Absolutely. And you know, I, I don't really love streptocarpus. They find they've got kind of a sprawling leaf habit. I'm like, meh, you're a little unruly for me. But African violets and the neat part about like a leaf propagation on an African violet is it mean the plantlet that it grows may not be true to form from what you've put in the soil. Ooh, it's like a surprise. It is. Yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah. But uh, I, I like Episcas and African Violets. I want, I want to try propagating them, not because I want more plants of them, but I just want to be able to do it. So maybe let's take five minutes and uh, maybe there are some tips that you ladies have for propagating plants. Uh, maybe let's start with root hormone. Oxins. Yeah, those. <laughs> Uh, rooting hormone is, uh, you can actually make your own from willow. Um, but it's definitely, you can get it in a dry powder or a gel and you just take your cutting and you dip your end in it and you then transfer it to whatever rooting media you're going to use. And it helps to promote root growth and all that. Can sort you of put stuff. them in water or is it, should they grow in, should they grow, should they go into a growing medium? I've stuck them in water. Yeah. Water. I think. Like, I've had lots of success putting them in moss. I've had lots of success putting them in water. I've had lots of success putting them in uh, LECA. Uh, and you mean sphagnum moss. Sphagnum yeah. moss, yeah. I tried, because we used to have lizards, and I tried some, like, forest moss that we have from lizards. I will tell you, it is weird. It smells bad. It. I got fungus gnats <laughs> from it. I won't use it again. I was just being cheap and I had it and I was like, well, I don't have sphagnum moss right now. I'll try this forest moss. I didn't, I didn't have the same results as sphagnum moss. So you can't just maybe use any moss. I wouldn't recommend. But yeah, you try different things because different things root better in different ways. Like I said, I've done the paper towel in a little wet paper towel and throw it in its own mm -hmm. little baggy greenhouse because I'm a fan of the baggy greenhouse. Oh yeah, I use a lot of those. Yeah, I like those. And I, if you're going to propagate something, take a couple cuttings and try a couple different ways and see what works. Yeah, I will say uh, Hoya-wise, um, you can root them any different way. I find the things that help them to root faster are heat and humidity. Mm -hmm. You know, the heat is a really big one and the humidity. And love. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, you have to love them or they don't grow. I threaten them. Does that count? <laughs> That's tough love. So yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're good. <laughs> All right, cool. Sweet. I find myself usually propagating in water. Um, and I, One of the reasons I like that is because I can see what's happening. Yeah, oh yeah, like there's something too. very satisfying about that. And you can see early on if you're starting to get rot. You can see early on if you're starting to get, you know, roots and growth and all that sort of stuff. 
I have some marble queen leaves upstairs. And so I think you're kind of doing the same thing with one of your plants as I essentially chopped them off the plant and stuck them in a champagne flute and they're still in there and they have like crazy roots in there. Yeah, I like that. I did that with a neon pothos and I stuck it in a vase after we moved because that way now it looks a little bit prettier than the the mason jar it was in. And um, I can see the roots better, but I'm just leaving it grow like that because I like that I can see the roots. My mom has this mashed up glass on her shelf in her living room. And there's a chunk of an umbrella tree in there and some other random cuttings that she stuffed in there at some point. That umbrella tree has been in there for the last 15 years. Yeah. Wow. She just keeps topping up the water. Yeah. That my aunt has um, a peperomia. Oh, what's like a really common one? A couple of years ago, it was really popular. Dark green leaves. Kind of remind me of tongues. <laughs> Uh, I think I know what you mean, but I can't remember the name. Anyway, she has it stuck in a jar of water because she doesn't go on Facebook for plant groups and things like that. And then in the jar beside it, in these like long, I think they were like some kind of fancy drink glasses. They weren't, they weren't like wine glasses. They're more like a tumbler, but they're pretty narrow. And next to it, she has, it's a Hoya and a Pothos mixed together. There's one of each. She's had them in those things for as long as I can remember. She moved. They moved four hours away. And she still has them in the same things, same water. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. It just blows my mind to think like a peperomia. I would never have thought a peperomia would have lived in water for so long because they you can overwater them so easy. I have a confession. I have a... Uh pepperoni at home it's a quadrisalis or a, one of the weirder ones and I took some cuttings off of it because I wasn't really in love with the plant and I got rid of the main plant itself and those cuttings have been sitting in a slimy green algae filled mason jar <laughs> for like months it dries out sometimes I toss more water in it's I look- a really cute plant though oh yeah oh, it's so cute yeah it's it's all right, I guess. It grows really long yeah. and leggy and it makes me mad. So I keep cutting it back. But yeah, it's got new growth on it now. I'm just like, well, it seems you're happy. I'm not going to worry about planting you. I wish that their flowers were more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Peperomia right. flowers are uh, high on my list of, <laughs> wow, that was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. They definitely are they kind of remind me of like baby corn that just didn't quite make it to baby corn even. So, oh, that's <laughs> where you went with that? Because that's not where my brain went. I was going to go somewhere else. Went. I was going to go somewhere else. So then I was like, no, this one's a little bit more friendly. Because, yeah, they have these little things that stick up. Yeah, I, I'm glad your brain went the PG route because mine was gone. Yeah, I was able to divert it. I was able to divert it. Good job, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for sharing the plants you want to propagate in those tips. I think that's going to be really helpful for folks out there who want to uh, propagate their own plants. And I guess the advice, as usual, is try it out and see what happens. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, perfect. We're going to try something new this episode. Um, that's a really fun topic. And sometimes we don't realize that this is happening. But we're going to talk about plants and movies. I have a confession to make. Yeah. I drive my husband absolutely nuts because he is a movie guy. And he still 
you know, seven years later, we'll use movie quotes. And I look at him like he has absolutely lost his mind. I don't watch movies. So that's okay. You don't have to. I I'm 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 winging it. But I think that you do have something, uh, a plant in a movie to talk about. Well, I I do. uh, I thought about it some. And (laughs) given my limited movie watching. Yeah, I I got a couple. Do you want to take a stab at it? Uh, Harry Potter. I looked at Harry Potter actually. You know, Let's talk about that. Um, I I absolutely love the Harry Potter movies to begin with, which is like uh, that's a whole nother podcast. But I appreciate that almost all of the uh, names that they use for plants in in the movies and a lot of the ones in the books are actually proper Latin names of plants that I actually know. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So like when they say wolfsbane or nightshade, like these are all plants that I know. And then you get into the books and some of the plant names are actually the Latin names for the plants. It's exciting. So you were all over that. Yeah. Because they I, were speaking your language. Yeah. I want their greenhouses. <laughs> <laughs> were there any plants in the books or even, I guess we could say books or movies, whichever, um, that kind of stood out to you as good characters in the books? I kind of love the Whomping Willow. I think I need one as a front uh, in my front yard. Keep the telemarket. Well, I guess telemarketers don't come to your door, but it keeps the door knockers away. What do you tell us about the Whomping Willow? What is what is its characteristics? Uh, it literally beats the ever loving bejesus out of anything that comes near it. Like it's it's mean. Just pretend that people don't know about what it is. OK, because oh. I don't. I don't like okay. I'll be honest. Um, I'm not into Harry Potter movies at all and I've seen one and it was like a long long time ago and I didn't wasn't interested in it so I didn't really pay attention to nothing okay so the Whomping Willow was planted on the grounds a a long time ago and it's a huge beautiful willow tree and it's got attitude like the branches all move um there's scenes in the movies where a bird will land in it and then all of a sudden you see this poof of feathers because it's whacked it out of the branches and it actually it it what it does is it guards an entrance to a secret passageway. But besides the point, it absolutely annihilates anything that accidentally gets near it or intentionally gets near it. So it it's not discriminating. No, no, it doesn't matter. You know, it just something gets near it and it is full fight mode. I can think of a thousand uses for that. Trait. Right. <laughs> But and even speaking about trees in in movies that um, are kind of a really integral part of the story, the ants in Lord of the Rings come to mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they, um, of course, they're the trees in the forest and uh, a couple of the little hobbits come along and they're like, "Can can you please help us? Like this terrible thing is happening to your world. And as a tree does, they are slow talkers they are slow making decisions they are slow coming together and i remember the hobbit's frustrations when they were saying you know the ants were having this meeting and and they finally came back and they said yes we're gonna have this meeting we've decided and they're like what like you've been talking forever so eventually of course it happened that the ants caught a view of what was happening to the their fellow trees and they sprung into action and they were quite fast after that. <laughs> they took care of things in a in a quick way. So that was kind of that was an interesting um I felt like that was an interesting even look into trees themselves because you could imagine a tree 
taking their time and really considering things because time for them is forever. They have forever. Mm -hmm. Oh, exactly. So I thought they were really interesting, but they were also very quick to defend their other tree ants when the time came. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really enjoyable. Um, Sue, what do you got? Okay, I switched my gut, mine on you guys because I suddenly had a light bulb go off finally. thought I smelled something funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was actually really excited about it. So, oh, I really love the movie Rango. And it's like a cartoon. <laughs> you know, I'm a child It's a at heart. lizard, right? It's a lizard. Yeah. Played I've by Johnny Depp. It. Yeah, who's like one of my favorites as, uh, John- actors is Johnny Depp. But he's this lizard and he... <laughs> He tries to live in a Western world and he's really not. He's a city lizard. And um, he kind of BSs his way through Western life there. And um, yeah, things go south. But anyway, towards the end of the movie, he is in this desert. Um, It's a very like Western desert kind of setting. And he comes across these cactus trees. and He's looking for water and he gets the idea to follow them because they move for water. So a lot of times people call it the walking cactus. Fancy name for what it actually is, is like, now I might be messing this up bad, but is the Stenrosaurus Araca, Also known as the creepy devil. Ooh. Yeah. That, that part I thought was kind of interesting. But anyway, these cactus apparently... um start to grow towards water. And when they grow towards water, it makes them kind of move. Hmm. That's interesting. So they don't go like across miles and miles, right? Like in that show, in that movie, they like walked across the entire desert. (laughs) (laughs) They they don't do that. But they do kind of move and they are a a real thing. Um, They call them the walking trees and they, they move towards water. Their roots will start to go towards water and they kind of lean and go towards water water that's interesting so how how do how do they do that well that's a good question here let me look this up while you're doing that i'm going to point out the asshole of the desert the chola cactus yeah oh (laughs) so the chola cactus is a is also known as the jumping cactus and if you walk by it too closely it will like essentially pin itself to you and they're really hard to get it's really hard to get the little cactuses off of you oh and it's like its defense mechanism so i realize that's not a a cactus in a movie but so you just reminded me of that and i wanted to give you a little bit of time (laughs) there (laughs) yeah it um i'm just trying to figure out how it how it moves so how about well we look to see how it moves you tell us about your fascinating tree so i was looking at doing some research and looking at different plants that are you know in movies and i have one that is completely immature and i have i'm okay with that yeah and then i have another that is actually more even though it is fictional it actually did impact some things that happened on our planet which i think was very interesting but first i have to say that whenever i think about a plant in a movie or a show my mind immediately goes to the 40-year-old virgin when Jay is trying to help Andy use his peripheral vision to spot ladies. So Andy, of course, played by Steve Carell, Jay played by Romani Malco, 
they have such an amazing chemistry on the screen and Jay's character in particular is amazing. And so Jay's trying to help Andy, who of course is the 40 year old virgin. So he's teaching Andy how to use his peripheral vision as he calls it. And essentially that means that you are looking at a person, but you're not actually looking at them because you don't want them to see that you're staring at them. So the exchange goes like this, <laughs> where Jay says, uh, or sorry, Andy says, you see over by the post, Jay says, it looks like, uh, and Andy says, it's either a ficus, it might be a rubber tree plant. And <laughs> Jay's kind of had his, uh, his kind of given up now. He's like, all right, you're making a joke, dog. It's not funny. Essentially, Andy is completely missing the point. And even though he is using his peripheral vision, he is using it on entirely the wrong thing, according to Jay, since Jay is trying to help him immediately. <laughs> I think Jay was wrong. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. And I, and I, that's kind of what I always come back to is just that funny little moment that just really proved Andy's innocence and his, he was just so new to this whole bar scene world that he could completely miss the point of the lesson. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that. I have actually seen that movie. You know, I wa we watch it every once in a while. And every time I'm like, oh, it's so offensive now. But I, th I still love it. I still think oh, yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. One of my one of our favorites, actually. Nice. Yeah, it is a pretty good movie. There's like, oh, there's so many movies that I rose plants. But at Christmas time, we watched uh, Lethal Weapon because apparently that's a Christmas movie. Um, and we watch it every year together. But anyway, it's in the office and <laughs> I've watched it so many times and it's happening in this big office and I'm just like, or not with the weapon, sorry, Die Hard. Woo, got my movies mixed up there. Die Hard, we're watching it and I just couldn't help notice all the beautiful plants in there. And then I was like, you know what? I do this all the time when I'm not that interested in a movie is I start picking out the plants and talking about them. Um, except for Sixth Sense, I really loved it. Or not Sixth Sense, sorry, Stranger Things. Um, there's like a scene where they're at the mall and I was just picking up plants left, right and center because there's, <laughs> there's some massive plants in that mall and they were like hot plants. Isn't the creature kind of a plant? From Stranger um, Things? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, it was more like a, well, it depends on which, which season. Like there's the All demigod. The, <laughs> the, the demigod though was kind of like a, like an alien monster. Oh, I thought he had Frog, like a plant face and with all of the vines and stuff that it yeah, would grow. Yeah, there was and, vines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like an alien, lizard, fish, plant all mixed together. There you go. See, whenever somebody says monster plant, I instantly am like little shop of horse. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows that little plant. I've never seen it. Oh, feed me Seymour. It's oh. a giant plant that eats people. It's awesome. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you both seen it? Yeah, it's oh. old. It's like an oh, old. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm very familiar with the movie. I just have never actually sat down and watched it. But... You'll never get that hour back, but it's yeah. definitely worth watching. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. So we have um, plants and movies. I'm going to digress a little bit and talk about a plant in a video game because talking about Little, uh, little Shop of Horrors, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a plant in The Sims 4 and actually in all of The Sims franchise that is um, inspired by that movie. So it's called The Cow Plant. And so you get the, the cow plant seed and you plant it. And then if you don't feed it, it eats people. <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. So it's one of the ways you can <clears throat> eliminate Sims in your Sims games. But it's been around <laughs> for a long time. Can you, you just imagine if that was like a real thing? We'd all have like we've taken very well care of our plants or there would be a few less people. Or yeah, you just send, hey, go <laughs> check out my plant. 
Yeah. I, I could use that some days. Yeah. Okay, you need some plant security, it sounds like. like yeah. You, well, want, you want the willow tree that beats people up and maybe this people it's eating. It's been a rough week at work. It's <laughs> not going to hey, lie. I'll get you whatever you need, girl. I appreciate so I got that. You. I did find how that plant moves. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's okay, talk about Okay. So that. it lives in La Baja, um, California, Sur. Hmm, okay. So um, Central Pacific off Mexico's West Coast. And it lies prostate, like, so it lays, kind of lays, grows along, kind of more along the ground. Some of the ends will pick up. And it has an ability to crawl. How it does this is it grows horizontally. And the leading end, the end that grows, will start dispersing roots on the ground. And that'll act like an anchor. And then its back end will just follow along. Follow along. Wow. And um, there's lots of them. Like, when they grow kind of massive they look like um like it says it looks like a murder scene because they're just everywhere so their rear end disintegrates basically i guess it doesn't really drag up to them it disintegrates hmm. and um turns into nutrients which goes back into the soil and then more of these walking dead plants walking so, dead yeah you yeah totally yeah, I just totally walking did that. dead that, walking yeah. dead plant <laughs> Yeah, and they move. Um, so they do actually move. And just like I said, they're not, um, they don't literally move across the entire desert, kind of like some shows and movies will have them. In Lord of the Rings, wasn't there like walking trees? Those are the ants that we just talked about. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So basically, they're catabolistic crawling cacti. Yeah, well, I mean, they're called, the, they're called the it's kind of creepy. Yeah. They're called the creeping devils for a reason. Um, they also are asexual. Um, so basically they just, if it breaks, it just grows its new self. So it propagates itself. Hmm. Basically propagates itself. I kind of want one. I kind of want one now too, because I like cactuses and they look spiny as could be. They're super cute actually. They are. They aren't <laughs> as big as I expected. They aren't as big as I accepted, expected. I actually expected them to be, because, I mean, Rango was a little tiny, like, gecko, right? Right. So oh, they would be huge. Yes. To yes. Him. But, like, when I seen them, in the, I, like, I expected them to tower over us, and they don't quite tower over us. But I will tell you, they do not look like something I would want to be riding my bike along in the desert and fall over and land on. That's for sure. <laughs> true. That is very true. You'd be rolling around on those things and never getting out of there. Ouch. No. Actually, I do see somebody here. It looks like they are growing them inside their home. Oh, that's a little, neat. Yeah, a little like uh, terracotta planter with some uh, very rocky growing medium. And it's just sitting there. Yeah. How cool. I want one now. I want one. <laughs> I want one for sure. Creeping devil. There's only a couple of cactus, cacti that I want. One of them would be this one. Peanut cactus and monkey tail cactus. Fair enough. There is some creeping devil or walking cactus um, time lapse videos that you can watch of them. Move. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think movie wise, um, the two movies that stand out to me plant wise are uh, Pixar's Ants. Yeah. Because they, you know, they animated that and they did so much footage from the soil up. It's such a different perspective. Yeah. On grass and flowers and that Roots. one. And the other one is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. You know, it's, it's an old movie. Yeah. But they spend so much of that plot line trying to make it across the yard. Yeah. You know, and you get these, you know, 
big pieces of pollen that actually kind of look accurate. And it's, you know, the hairs on the lee, uh, like the grass. It's just, it's yeah, interesting. It is really interesting the way they... They put a lot of research into both of those. Yes. <laughs> those are actually really good examples. That's super cool. Let me tell you about the Tree of Souls from the movie Avatar. Which is yeah. probably one of my, the best movie tree things right? ever. There are plants, the plants in that entire movie. I'm just like, I just need this to be real yeah. and I need to book a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're so beautiful. And they did a really incredible job of, of bringing this enchanted world to life. Um, mm-hmm. James Cameron just. Did you know they're making another one? Blew all of our minds. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. I hope they have the tree again. Yeah. Me so too. the tree, um, the Navi name for the tree is Vitrea Ramanong. And I may be saying that wrong, but I apologize if I am. So it's essentially a giant willow-like tree. Um, it is and it's central to the Navi people. So it's actually it was it's growing in like a like a dip in the earth kind of. So it's kind of protected and it has it's an icon of spiritual significance. So this tree holds the Navi people together um, from a cultural and a religious standpoint. So this fictional tree is essentially the center of this whole entire um, people. So I thought that this tree was so interesting because not only is it beautiful and not only is it interesting, but it's this. The just, significance it's it the holds. Center. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, of course, um, if you've seen the movie, you're familiar with the tree and it. Its destruction would most certainly mean um, just creating a massive void in the cultural and religious lives of the Navi. And in fact, they probably... They probably wouldn't survive exactly. without that tree. They probably no. wouldn't survive. Um, and of course, in the movie, it was attacked and the tree gave life and it took life. And it was just a really beautiful... It had a lot of significance, I think. Now, the tree is cool, but what's extra cool is... There was a movement in 2010 um, that was surrounded around uh, Earth Day. And it was called the Avatar Home Tree Initiative. And this initiative ended up being able to plant more than one million trees on six continents. And it was inspired by these trees and the other um Fauna, I guess. Flora, actually. Sorry. Flora and fauna. Flora. Yeah. <laughs> that, were, that was in the movie. And so 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment, along with the release of the Avatar Blu-ray and DVD, helped put this initiative together. There were 17 partner organizations and 31,000 people were involved in planting these 1 million plus trees around the world. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, I really enjoyed that story because I think in our lives, plants also are central to us. And even though we don't have one that signifies, you know, such a deep connection to the earth, instead we have billions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of trees and plants that connect us to the earth. And I really enjoyed reading about how it was such an inspiration this movie was such an inspiration to have this movement i'm getting all misty-eyed over here i'm like i grow trees yeah <laughs> well you, you do an amazing thing and i think it's so easy this made me realize i think while i was reading about it 
it's really easy for us to take these types of things for granted. And once you can make the connection between the significance of this fictional tree to a people, and you can apply that same kind of thought to our earth where we have billions <laughs> of trees and plants and everything, let's not forget that they give us life as well. It's very true. Yeah, I'm okay. Chris made me cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it, it's definitely special what you do and it's special that what nature does and it's special what the three of us do growing our own plants and it's special with our plant community who gives, we're essentially giving back to the earth when we're doing these things. Oh, absolutely. And so I guess what I got out of this is I was reminded that we still, and I think we do, but I was reminded that we have to really respect this theory and remember that when we're out there destroying things and we're um, not respecting Mother Earth, that's a problem. And it will, Mother Earth will balance herself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I 100% have always been a huge, Mother Earth could take us out if she wanted to. I, I think she's trying, but that's another podcast. <laughs> I, I always, you know, joke that, you know, zombie apocalypse skills, you know, I'm like, I can grow stuff. Like that, that's my saving grace. I might be absolutely useless in the zombie apocalypse, but I can grow you food. Yay. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'll bring the hot peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, so that was my treat, my movie plant. I just thought it was really interesting. I, there are so many so many plants in movies and we were talking about it earlier there's plants in movies that you kind of see on the side you don't give too much thought to and then there's plants in movies that are the central core thing and that remind you to respect the you know mother earth around you okay i don't remember the name of the movie is there not a movie i, I want to say fern gully uh but is there not a movie where all the trees are connected through this uh communication system it's like this kind of beautiful like lightning between the roots and they're talking about how the forest is alive and i don't remember the name of the movie i'll just stop now is it avatar Avatar. Uh, there is be. actually a few movies that are like that but fern gully i was gonna do the fern gully tree because like the bad evil person was trapped into the tree and and uh if it was released would do bad things and someone released it from the tree so then there's like the good trees and the and the forest work together the forest, like the roots, and they all communicated. And it was another show, um, another movie, much like Avatar. And it actually isn't categorized kind of like Avatar. Like if you look up movies like Ferngali, Avatar is the first one that comes up. That helped bring awareness that it's all connected. Mm -hmm. The trees and the earth and that we all need them. Communities need them. Whether that community be ants or birds or people um, or fairies, because Ferngully kind of has some fairies, but maybe maybe we're like little fairies. Um, it's all connected, it's all commuted, and you you damage one in one forest, and it's like the whole forest could feel it, right? So, and it is it's commute. It was another one that kind of made a help make a movement or bring awareness to to those kinds of things, and that we got to treat and respect and understand. And that's where back, like, I mean, where we've talked about before in the past about people like harvesting um, wild plants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it can ruin an ecosystem. Don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. It can ruin an ecosystem and that ecosystem is really important. All right. And I think we're overlooking one very, very important plant here. Tell me. Guardians of the Galaxy. <gasps> oh, you know what? I don't like that movie. 
It's okay. That's okay. But do you not like Groot? Come on. I don't like the I don't like the whole thing. I think it's okay. and he was propagated at the end. They yeah. thought he died, but he propagated a little branch. They planted it and Oh, you know, well, thank no. you. All right. <laughs> We're going to have to fight over this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like my superhero movies and um Groot, I I have on. a soft spot for Groot. Yes. I think, you know, I think that's fair and I think a lot of people do and it's not that he's not cute. I just genuinely do not like the movie. Movies. That's fair. Yeah. That's completely fair. I yeah. couldn't even tell you why. I, I just feel I don't know. I like Chris Pratt too. Like I think he's cool. But kind of cute. I you know I <laughs> I, I <laughs> knew him through um Parks and Recreation. So it was nice to see him move into a role like that. I think he's a great actor. There just the story didn't do it for me. That's fair. Yeah. That's kinda, completely fair. I liked it. And I liked the second one. It's uh, it's I like it's not really the second one, but the it, It's my no-brainer watch. I'm like just going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. It's but you know that's my 40 year old virgin boner jams oh three that's that's all right (laughs) i raised well i raised three kids but i raised two boys and i i never would have thought like when i was 20 that i'd be a fan of superheroes but i love superhero movies and i mean that one like i guess it's not really there's kind of superheroes yeah i think so yeah but yeah groot we all love Groot. I have a Groot planter. I don't love Groot. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm blown. It blows my mind. But I have a Groot planter and he's so little that not much lives in him for very long. But I Fair still enough. use him. Yeah. I still use him. Well, I have news. We're about to roll the final credits. Are we? On this movie. Ooh. Talk. So any last movie plans or even television show plans you want to mention? Chris, yeah. you need to watch Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about it. If you haven't watched Ferngully, because I mean, that <laughs> one's old. I watched it when I was a kid. Um, watch it and then watch Avatar. Watch all your nature loving, tree growing, plant loving movies. Well, especially when you're watching Avatar, think about how the, it actually affected the world in a good way. Like, I actually didn't know that until I started doing some yeah. research and I thought that was amazing. And there's some great companies out there that do it, like Ten Tree. Yep. Yes. You know, yep. y- their clothing is, you know, you get plant trees for every piece of clothing that you buy from them there there's several companies that do that and i i have been known to spend a little more on something just so that i can get a kickback i'm like oh look i planted a tree not that i yeah. don't do that a lot but <laughs> yeah watch them watch little shop of horrors you gotta see see more cool yeah thanks ladies that was uh that was fun and I just want to say that, you know, when you don't have kids as I do, and then you look at other people and they have kids, like my sister has, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law have three kids. So I'm like, oh yeah, that one replaces me, the extra one. When I think about planting trees, I think about you, Amanda, and how you're, you're my, you're planting trees for me too. <laughs> <laughs> how does that sound? Yeah, sounds um, good. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to tell us any um, movies that you love that have plants in them, just let us know online. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash fancy plants podcast. You can find us on Instagram at fancy plants podcast and you can email us social at fancy Thank you so much for joining us and listening with us today. And we'll see you next week when we're talking plants. See you. Bye. Come on, sugar mama. Get your green Fancy plans, oh yeah.